Queer Rights Sessions, QWS Podcast, in partnership with Blarney Books and Art in Port Ferry. I'm your host, Rob, aka RWR McDonald, and this is a Words and Nerds spin-off series. Thanks, Danny! I'm coming to you from the land of the Wurundjeri people, and I'd like to pay my respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Each month, QWS Podcast will bring you reviews, shout-outs of LGBTIQA plus writers, and feature an interview with a queer writer from our rainbow communities. And now on with the show. A regular question we always ask our guests on Queer Rights Sessions is what is your hope for the LGBTIQA plus communities? In celebration of World Pride, we have created this hope episode where we've brought together all our wonderful guests' response, sharing their hope for the rainbow communities. Starting with our very first Queer Rights session, which was the legendary Renee being interviewed by Lil O'Brien. Final question um, is, what is your hope for the LGBTQIA plus community? I want them to grow and thrive and be happy. I just want them to be happy. Mm. And I know that some people have got huge hurdles and I know that they get a lot of shit and that, but... Just if they, when that happens, just think of me. I'm in the little wee place in Ōtaki, mm-hmm. and I just think they're fabulous. Yeah, yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah. Well, that makes me emotional. <laughs> Thank you, Renee. In session two, Alison Evans and Nevo Zisson had a chat together, with Nevo first posing the question to Alison. So looking at like all of the books that we're doing and the, the ways that we're writing and the ways that we engage with our queerness through our work, mm-hmm. what is your, and I will talk about mine after, um, what's your hope for the LGBTIQA plus community going forward? Yeah, I guess. Big question. I, yeah, just a, just a big one just to end it Solve the yeah, communities. Great, stuff. I'll do that. Um, I just want to see more queer books all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started... Uh, when I was at writing school, um, there were like five queer young adult books and everyone knew them. Um, and now there are so many published that I can't, I literally cannot read them all. And that's like the best thing ever. Mm. And I just want more, more books, more flawed queer characters more First Nations authors. queer people. Yes, written by queer people for queer people as well. I yeah. think that's also what I really liked about Euphoria Kids is that it is for a trans audience. Yeah. If cis people like it, that's cool, but it's not for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, just more stories for queer people by queers. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I definitely hope for that too. And much more like intersectional understanding of queerness as well so it's not just siloed into like white thin able-bodied queerness but also into like a really varied and diverse approach because like queerness is everywhere and transness is everywhere and Mm. you know trans black disabled people of color like exist and Mm -hmm. are everywhere and you know gender there are so many genders that exist across the world and our understanding of a binary gender is a really colonial construct and mm. so I'd like to see that reflected in the pieces that we're reading and maybe also not privileging this really elitist kind of English language so that we can open literature to a broader space and move past the literary canon that reflects 
white cis dead men mm-hmm. um, and to really prioritize other voices and it's happening more and more with like new mm-hmm. publishing imprints and different um, awards that are geared towards different kinds of writers and more opportunities and you know the Wheeler Center does lots of stuff like that as well which is really encouraging and just like going for a residency or like a grant and seeing we really encourage trans people or like mm. otherwise marginalized people to apply it's like I go from being like I don't deserve this or anything ever yeah. to like oh actually I really should make an effort to apply because there's a higher chance I could get it and mm. you know people see that as handouts but it's actually just like leveraging slightly so that maybe we can eventually get to the same level as other people um so yeah i really hope to see that and i also just hope to see like lgbtiqa plus communities come together i think when we write community it's just like not correct there are lots and lots of communities they're often quite segregated and siloed and so yeah i'd really like to see more congruence with our communities and Mm. hopefully we will help and be a part of that yeah yeah On our first season of the QWS podcast, we asked all our guests the same question, starting with Nigel Featherston. And our final question, uh, uh, which is, what is your hope for the LGBTIQA plus communities? Yeah, I've I've been thinking about that as I wander around dear old Goulburn. And, you know, part of me says, keep doing what you're doing. Part of me says... um, um, make sure that uh, absolutely everybody can be involved in the discussions. Um, I sometimes get lost in all of the queer politics and then I just lose interest. And, and I'm glad that there are others who are much more interested than me in that kind of queer politics stuff. I, I just want to create characters and explore stuff through fiction primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do need those, particularly I think those um, organisations that are focusing on youth and and opening up amazing spaces to you know into into uh the bisexual community into the trans community yeah Um, all those wonderful gray areas that have been you know in in the dark for so long and i think Mm. they're doing an incredible job um to really say however your sexuality is expressed and uh, and i'm sure you agree that human beings are inherently complex so why can't we have complex sexualities that shift and change and absolutely different things and there's sexualities i'm sure they're out there that that we haven't got names for yet so let's go and discover those and so um i just i guess make sure that everybody can be a part of the discussion rather than narrowing it down to um just those who are one thing or another brilliant Next, we had Professor Gregory Phillips. Um, I think to understand that there was queerness in Australia for 60,000 years. Um, And so we have to decolonise our understanding of sexualities and genders. Um, And there are pre-existing old human societies that understood, you know, what the colours of the rainbow really meant, both individually and collectively. And for us to understand that queer communities have historically and and still do play very, very important and unique roles in society, and we should be proud of that. On Season 1, Episode 3, we had Cadence Bow. 
And uh, our closing question. Thank you so much, Candice. I could talk to you all day. Um, yeah, thanks for having me, Rob. It's been a blast. Is what is your hope for the LGBTIQA plus communities? Wow. I love that so many of your questions have been so lovely and positive. And this is one of those. What do we, I have so many hopes yeah. for the LGBT um, QAA plus communities. First of all, I do hope that we can get the letters down to something a bit shorter one day, <laughs> some sort of an acronym that doesn't um, make you feel like your teeth are falling out as you say it. But I think one of my hopes would be that we get to tell more of our own stories. I think that there was a lot of damage that's been done over the decades by seeing um, queer stories that weren't from queer storytellers. And as a consequence, that damage has come in the form of people not realising who they were uh, because of stereotyping or because uh, of bad representation at the end of the day. So I hope that more of us get to tell our our own stories and do it authentically. And there's real value in that as well because we have the experience that you could not pay to get. Mm. You have to live in our shoes. And that means that we get to tell all the funny stories and the sad stories and the hopeful stories. And we get tremendous value out of uh, stories by uh, queer people because they bring their lived experience with them. And so I just want, that's my hope. I want more of those really good stories to connect with people so that we can all be known. On season one, episode four, we interviewed Peter Coleman. So again, this was a question you sent beforehand and I gave it quite a bit of thought. The word that really springs to mind is understanding. So, and that works in a few different ways. So obviously in my experience, the big thing for everybody and and particularly it impacts people in the LGBTIQA plus communities is not feeling understood. And feeling understood is one of the most powerful healing things any of us as human beings can experience. So my, my real hope is that people in the community can feel understood, can feel heard, can feel listened to. That's so essential. Also, in that same vein, I think understanding is really critical. So all of us need to continually, I think, work on developing understanding for people not like us. And I mean, there's often even a lack of understanding within the community. There's things like bi erasure, transphobia still happen within the community, racism, ableism, all those things. And there are various um, ways of educating yourself and understanding and listening more deeply. And I think all of us, as, as much as all of us need to be understood, we also need to extend understanding. And I think that's, that's, that's pretty key. So that, that would be my real hope for the communities. Season one, episode five, Tobias Madden. And our closing question for you, Tobias Madden, is what is your hope for the LGBTIQA plus communities? I hope that we just keep moving forward and just um, keep doing our thing. I think it's just such a beautiful community, rich in so many ways and, you know, so much diversity within our community. And I think, um, yeah, just the more that we can put our stories out there, whatever they may be, you know, the better. I think there's just, there are so many different kinds of, 
of queer experiences. And I think the more we can share about all of them, you know, the more the whole world will will understand and, um, you know, the, the more accepted everyone will be and the more we'll all just be able to get on with our lives and do our thing. From season one, episode six, we interviewed the excellent Jemima Brewster. There are a lot of things to be hopeful for. I think one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot recently and hoping for is that young children and teenagers can be, you know, in, in sort of legal frameworks and social frameworks and, every, you know, all the spaces they have to operate in can be given the space to be themselves, really. not from a, you know, if they... If they have to be gay, they have to be gay kind of thing because that's from a heteronormative point of view. A, you know, you're a blank slate and you're working out where you are and that's a lifelong process. You don't have to choose a label. You can if you want. And for that to be sort of, I don't know, enshrined in in a sort of sacred space, like, you know, don't mess with the kids kind of thing. Yeah. And it's it's difficult to imagine because, you know, our world is built on very linear things. You know, we have laws and everyone has to abide by them. We have rules and everyone has to abide by them or whatever. And, yeah, thing, things like sexualities and communities and all those really important things that we need to be happy and live and so on are very difficult to define in those terms. And I think a lot of people particularly in the last few years of navel gazing during ISO and so on, are realising that there is more to life than going to work and struggling and so on, and that your spiritual health and your mental health are as important as your physical health and you can't just, you know, give people food. They'll be fine. Let them be all of them, their selves. <laughs> Sorry, it's a bit of a con- long convoluted answer. No, not at all. No, that down. That's I've been thinking of... I've been thinking about it all week and I haven't found a way of condensing that. <laughs> no, that's, that's beautiful. Jonathan Butler was interviewed for QWS at the 2022 Port Ferry Literary Weekend. What is your hope for the LGBTIQA plus communities? I think it's interesting with uh, equal marriage and the impact that equal marriage has had. So... From a personal point of view, um, so my mother passed away while I was writing this book. So just a few weeks after the equal marriage announcement. So she never found out that it was a published book. She she actually said to me, you know, like, you must tell Warwick's story when she was quite ill. And obviously I took those words quite seriously. And I used to read um, chapters of the book to her. Uh, in the, her nursing home, she had MSA, multiple systems atrophy. It's a really awful disease. But based, sorry, I'm on a bit of a tangent there. But um, yeah, equal marriage. She was very happy. So it was a really important moment for me, for my family. It was wonderful and really joyous. I think one thing that we're all sort of realising now, though, is that that wasn't the end of queer um, rights. You know, it's it didn't actually do much for trans people. We still hear about youth suicide, especially, you know, in regional centres. So I think you might assume that homophobia is over and that it's all good now because of something like that, but we have a long way to go still. So I think, yeah, it's important to understand, you know, what where we are today truly and what's still to go, even though we can be happy that, that we have had some wins. Thank you very much. And our final message of hope goes to our summer season guest, 
Kate Hall, award-winning author and creative director of Qlet. Our final question, Kate, which is, what is your hope for the LGBTIQA plus communities? I hope that all LGBTQIA plus people who live in regional and rural areas, as I do, can find ways to connect and belong to communities. It's not easy sometimes being queer and living some distance away from large cities. Um, And I think that that's true the further away you are from a a metro centre. So my hope for existing communities in those regional and rural areas is that their tendrils will be long enough, you know, that they can gently enclose anybody who feels lost and needs a community and needs to belong. And I hope that those people who are searching for belonging will find those communities and find their way home. All these beautiful messages of hope and full interviews with these extraordinary people are available on Words and Nerds. Thanks, Danny. Queer Rights Session 1 and 2 can be found on the Blarney Books and Art website, and transcripts of the episodes can be found on my website, RWR MacDonald. Wishing everyone a very happy World Pride. Please check out our show notes on Words and Nerds, Blarney Books and Art, and rwrmcdonald.com for links, reviews, and the interview transcript. Until next time, this is QWS Podcast.